Hello and welcome to episode three of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand sustainably. Now, in today's show, I'm going to be delivering for you a kind of masterclass in email strategy. In the world of soaring customer acquisition costs, especially digital advertising, it's never been more important to maximize the engagement from your subscribers. For pretty much every e-commerce business, maximizing repeat purchases, a core profit generating activity, and email has always been and probably always will be one of the primary channels for driving that kind of growth. Yet in all of the brands I've worked with over the years, almost no one is leveraging the channel as well and as effectively as they could. And it's often the case that you simply don't know what you don't know. So in this episode, I'm going to lay out for you over a decades of experience in email marketing so that you can maximize your campaigns and build more profit into your business. So with that, let's start the show. Now, I can't cover everything there is to know about email marketing for e-commerce in one show because there are at least 10 core email campaign types that all brands should build out and engage with. If you've already invested in your email channel to some degree, some of these will be familiar to you. I'm going to cover the first four today, and I'll come back in a later show, probably next week, to round out the other six. It's important, though, to note that email does come with a carbon footprint. So for any brand owners who care about the pathway to net zero, this isn't something you can ignore. But there are ways to reduce your carbon footprint and there are ways to improve the carbon efficiency of your email campaigns. I'm going to be touching on those points and how to think about that in relevant places as we go through each of the 10 campaigns. So the first major campaign set that you need to be implementing in your e-commerce store is what I collectively call the cart saver campaigns. Now, a lot of people kind of collapse into one thing, the notion of a cart abandonment campaigns or abandoned cart campaigns. But really, it's two completely separate things. We have cart abandonment campaigns and we have checkout abandonment campaigns. They're not the same thing. So if you think about this in the context of walking around the supermarket, obviously the stuff that you want to buy, you're adding into this wheelie trolley thing, which is effectively your cart. Then when you get to the checkout, that's obviously where the transaction actually happens. That's where the money changes hands. And the same can be said for an e-commerce store. The cart and the checkout are two separate steps. And if you think about it, for new customers coming to your store, when they add things into their cart and before they've started the checkout process, you actually don't have any way of contacting those people. They haven't added their email or phone details yet into the kind of the checkout process. So really what you should be looking there in the cart saver is not in fact an email at all, but an exit intent based on the value of the cart. And I'll come back and do a show later in the series around um, how to manage exit intent pop-ups properly, because there are definitely as anything right ways and wrong ways to handle that. If you're working though with a system such as Clavio or Privy or any of the uh, e-commerce optimized CRM and email management systems, you can probably send cart saver emails and notifications because 
if especially if the traffic has been driven from the email campaign in the first place, there's a record of who that is. And so you can send some cart stuff. But for the majority of times, we're really talking about checkout abandonment. Now, for some people, starting this kind of masterclass with cart saver campaigns might be an odd place to start. But there's two reasons why I'm starting there. The first one is that for many people, this might be the very first email interaction they have with your brand. So it's kind of like a starting point in that customer relationship. The second one, but the more important one, is that if you get this right, it will most likely be your highest revenue campaign overall by quite a significant margin. Because if you think about it, it runs continuously through the whole year. So it's worthwhile investing significant time and getting this right. And for anyone that doesn't already have any kind of checkout abandonment email sequence in place, I highly recommend starting immediately. At very least, go and turn what the default uh, system is on in, in Shopify. So if you want to build a really effective cart stroke checkout saver campaign, the first thing to think about is how many emails will you send? And I'd recommend you think about this as being a three-part email series. So the first part is the reminder. This is fast action triggered very soon after the abandoned checkout event has happened. And it's designed to kind of re-engage. It's to nudge the customer along to finish their purchase. Let's have a think about why they might have abandoned their checkout process for a moment. They've obviously gone to your site at this point. They've decided that there's some product they quite like, and they've added it to their cart. And especially if we are talking about checkout now, they've even started the checkout process and given you some of their contact details. Why would they abandon that process at this point? Well, typically there's sort of several reasons, one of which might be they simply got interrupted and walked away from their computer, from their phone, whatever, and and forgot about it. The second is that there might be something that is giving them some cause for doubt about whether you're the right person or whether this is the right product for them. It could be you know, will the product work for me? I'm not sure I trust this brand. Is this a secure transaction? It could be, I'm really worried about the shipping costs or I don't want to have to pay $10 or $15 or whatever it might be, you know, to, to have this product shipped to me. Maybe I'll just go to a store instead. So there's lots of different contexts for why someone may have in fact triggered an abandoned checkout event. And so we need to capture those things. But the most important part is that it happens quickly because the longer we leave it until we send them a reminder, the less likely it is they'll open and take action on it. So I've tested this quite a bit. And I can tell you quite clearly that you need to send that first message somewhere between 30 minutes and two hours after checkout has been abandoned. Don't do it any longer than that. So you want it fast. And To get maximum conversion from this checkout conversion email, we want to add a sweetener. Now, because we don't really know why they abandoned their checkout, we have to be a bit smart about the way that we sweeten the deal. So really then, what can that sweetener be? Well, the first thing is free shipping. We just touched on it a moment ago that maybe the customer didn't check out because they didn't want to have to pay the shipping charges. Most e-commerce businesses these days have kind of a free shipping threshold. So what I'd like to do is I'd like you to split your abandoned checkout campaigns into below your free shipping threshold and above your free shipping threshold. And anyone that comes in below it, I'd like you to have a go 
at implementing an abandoned checkout sequence that includes a free shipping coupon to see if that gets them across the line. So, of course, the title of the email needs to be catchy. It needs to be something like, hey, I noticed you um, left your checkout. Were you concerned about the shipping costs? Check out now, and here is a free shipping coupon. Okay, so something along those lines. Then if they're over the free shipping threshold, then you need to think about how you can sweeten the deal from potentially any other coupon they may have had. So if, for example, you adopt a a 10% site-wide coupon, then we need to make sure that the abandoned checkout coupon is going to offer the deeper discount to the one they've already been offered. So let's say it's 10% on the store, then make this 15%. You don't need to go overboard. We just need to make it a little bit better. Using this technique of the splitting the campaign and making sure it goes out really, really fast, you should be able to at least get twice as many abandoned checkout reclaims than you would with a standard Shopify sequence. Why is this important? Well, a couple of things. First of all, you've most likely already paid in some way for the customer to come to your store and purchase some stuff from you. So at this point in the game, you've essentially lost the customer. So now we just want, we're going to just drop a little sweetener in to try and convert that person into revenue for us. The second reason is data, data, data. Now you're probably doing some form of digital advertising, which means that we need to try and send some data about the right type of customers back to the platform that you're running in the ads on. So for example, if it's Facebook and you've run a Facebook ad to your store and they've started the checkout process and abandoned, there's not really any going to be any powerful positive data coming back to Facebook to say that is the right type of person. Whereas if we pay that little bit more in the coupon discount, we get that data going back, which ultimately is going to kind of reinvest into the effectiveness of the advertising campaign. So it is worth converting at this stage. So that's the first part of the three-part abandoned cart series. The second part would happen around about 12 hours later. And so what we're trying to do here is kind of give them a bit of a fear of loss. The strategy here is around, you know, your cart closes soon and you'll lose your discount. So rather than just reminding them, we're actually turning the thumbscrews a little bit to say, hang on, if you don't check out now, I'm going to close the cart and you know, your discount will go, will disappear. And then lastly, the third part is should be centered around about 25 hours or ideally just after the cart has closed. Because what you want to do here is to say, hey, your cart has closed, but I'm happy to reopen it for you. Um, and I'll even keep your discount, but you've got to act now. So now it's kind of sense of urgency. This is your last chance. You will lose it forever unless you act now. Now, if we look at those three parts in sequence, the first one is going to be by far the most effective. The second one, about half as effective. And the third one, probably only 10% as effective as the first one. But it's kind of a sweeper. It's your last chance to convert that checkout. So I highly recommend doing that in a three-part series. But the thing about email is that it sucks. It sucks, particularly when there's sense of urgency involved. If you think about it, the average office worker these days gets over 100 emails in their inbox every day. So the chance of them opening yours, urgency or not, is pretty low. Moreover, 
especially if it's a new customer, there's a good chance that your email is actually going to get ended up in a, in a promotion filter or a spam filter by whatever email service the customer uses. So deliverability is potentially a problem. And then obviously intersecting the customer in a timely manner can be a challenge too when it comes to email. So one of my biggest tips overall for optimizing your cart saver campaigns is actually not to use email at all, but to convert into SMS. There's a couple of reasons for that. The first one is that SMS has an insane open rate, whereas you know email might be 20, 25% open rate for an abandoned checkout campaign. SMS probably has very close to 100% open rate. And typically the click-through rate of uh, abandoned cart SMS is about twice that of an email as well. So we're looking at something that's significantly more effective at converting that abandoned checkout than an email. Besides that, there is an email carbon footprint associated with your abandoned cart campaigns. SMS is actually 350 to 2,000 times lower carbon footprint than email. So when you think about the number of abandoned checkout emails you might be sending over a course of a year, especially if you are sending out three to each customer that abandons their checkout, you could potentially carve a huge chunk out of your carbon footprint by migrating all of this into SMS and at the same time get better results. So have a think about how you might combine SMS and email for a more effective cart abandonment sequence. So the second campaign that we're going to look at is, of course, the transactional sequence. And now what I mean by that is the order received, shipment dispatched, delivered, review type sequence. They're triggered by the customer action of having posted an order onto your store. Now, with regards all of your actual email marketing going forward, we need to understand that the effectiveness of your campaigns overall is going to depend on the signals that the email providers are picking up from the effectiveness of what you're doing. And I'm talking particularly about open rate and click-through rate. So both of these events, whilst open rate is about to get very hard to track because of iOS 15, both of the events are picked up in the filters and the AI that email programs use to determine whether they're going to deliver your email message to that person. And if they are going to deliver it at all, where are they going to put it? Are they going to put it in your inbox or are they going to put it promotions or in spam or something similar? So everything that we do going forward has to have the notion of how can we ensure open rate and click rate is optimized in the campaigns that we're building. And that's no exception, even in the transactional sequence. So the order received email itself is the first step in the transactional sequence. And it probably is going to have the highest open rate of any email you'll ever send. Typically, we, we can expect to see over 45% open rate on order confirmation emails. So because it has such a high open rate, we actually want to make use of it. We want to be able to interact with the customer and to start the education process of what our brand is all about. So it's very important that in the very first paragraph, we hero the customer for making the purchasing decision they have, especially, and this is a great thing about sustainable brands, is that we get to talk about the amazing product that we've created and how the purchase of that has helped the environment in some way. And so I highly recommend that the very first paragraph in that order received email is catchy, 
heroes the customer and also articulates what how your brand is different because we need to make it memorable we need to make them want to come and open the follow-up emails that are going to come shortly but do not sell to people in this order received email a lot of people like to try and jam sales messages into every email they send out and it's kind of mercenary especially on the very first email so don't do that make it purely about about the the value that they've just purchased from you and if you can also expand a little bit on some of the great benefits of the thing they've just purchased just because you've sold it to them doesn't mean that they really understand it it doesn't mean that they really understand how to use it, it doesn't mean understand means they understand why it's sustainable or what to do with it and potentially things like what to do with it at the end of life so this is an opportunity to be talking about those things. The next one, of course, is the order shipped email. And this has a very low open rate. And the reason it has a very low open rate is if you're doing it properly, the customer gets everything they need to know from the subject line and they don't actually need to eat, read or open the email. So you need to send it because we need to give the customers the clear indication that the order has gone out and they should expect it soon but try to convey that entire message in the subject line alone and put very little content into the body of the email which is obviously going to help you minimize your carbon footprint next up is delivered now once again delivered emails have typically quite a low open rate because most people know when something's been delivered unless they're at work and it's been delivered at home typically it has quite a low open rate and so one of the tricks or one of the strategies for improving the open rate of the delivered email is to include some instructions on what to do with the product now they've got it in their house in particular things like okay what do you do with the packaging can you talk to them about okay how to dispose of the shipping envelope can you talk to them about any any packing materials that are in there and say what to do with those does it come in a box what do you do with the box can it be recycled all those sorts of things so include that in your subject line. So it might say something like, your order's been delivered, here's what to do next, and leave it like that, because that's kind of intriguing. There's a good chance that someone might open it to see more information. And of course, one of the things that we also want to do is provide some value in that, so it's not simply a pointless email that they've had to read. So you might like to have a link in there, a call to action in there that brings them to a PDF download or a page, a simple page on the site that talks about how to you know, recycle the packaging or whatever it might be. And the last campaign in the transactional sequence or the last email in the transactional sequence campaign is reviews. I can't stress enough how important social proof is to website conversion. And so with that in mind, you really do need to incorporate a request for review email as a natural part of your transactional sequence. Now, it may not be coming from Clavio, right? There are plenty of review apps that you can plug in to Shopify. Stamp.io is a great example. Yotpo, there's dozens of them. It doesn't necessarily have to come from your from your Clavio. In fact, in many ways, it's best if it doesn't because most of the uh, review apps these days have wonderful UGC features where you can get them to post up images, video, that kind of stuff. And of course, all of that gets as content into your site, which is all very, very valuable in the conversion process. But asking for the review is critical. So the question then becomes, when do you send that review request? 
Now, really what you want to do is send it at the point of maximum excitement. And that point is literally when they're opening the package. That's why unboxing videos are so incredibly popular online because you get the whole experience of, of unpacking this beautiful thing that you've just sent them. The problem is, though, that most people haven't actually used the item at that point. And so they don't really know whether they can give you a genuine review or not. So it's sometime between there and the next seven days is really when you want to send that review request. So you ideally want to get quite smart about knowing when the item has been delivered from tracking so that you can spawn out that review request up to seven days after they've actually been delivered the, the product. That's going to give you the maximum return of reviews for the number of orders you actually have. So the next email campaign we're going to drill into is the welcome email. Now, a lot of people think about this as being a welcome sequence, but I want you to think about this as being just one email and everything else coming in a further sequence, the engagement sequence, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But the welcome email represents the transition from the transactionally driven emails we've been sending so far and will continue to send a little bit overlapping this into the start of a beautiful relationship with the, with the customer. And so that means we need to achieve a number of things with this first welcome email. One of those things is to give the customer the broader context of who they're dealing with and why your brand is such an amazing brand to be buying from. So we need to educate them a little bit about what we're doing, what to expect from you, um, how will you help them in the future? Because remember, they've just purchased something. They don't necessarily expect to be getting a whole sequence of emails, and yet that is, in fact, what we're trying to achieve. This welcome email is also the very start of the process of engendering customer loyalty. And customer loyalty in e-commerce is a funny thing. What it really boils down to is habitual purchasing. We need to get them into habit-forming exercise of coming back to purchase from us. So what we really want to achieve in the welcome email is also to get the very next purchase. Behavioral psychology shows us that people don't become loyal to brands until they've purchased between three and seven times. And that three to seven times purchase really needs to happen in the shortest space of time as possible for that brand recognition to take effect. If you purchase from someone three times over a 10-year period, you're much less likely to remember the brand than if you do it over a month or over even over a year. So we really want to try and get that next purchase, even from the welcome email. This is your first opportunity, unlike the order confirmation email, to actually make the next sale. So contextually, this email needs to handle quite a lot of things. And you definitely want to hero the customer here. We want to make sure that they feel that they understand that they are, in fact, the hero of this journey, not, not your brand. And you want to also give them the broader context of all the incredible things that buying from you as a brand enables for the world, whether that's removal of plastic bottles from the ocean or planting trees or whatever it might be. Because this is an engagement email at its heart, it's probably going to be a little bit more image intensive than some of the transactional based emails we've sent to date, which should be largely text based. So a couple of things to think about with that. Firstly, make sure you compress all of your images. I can't tell you how often I've seen two megabyte plus images in emails, and there's just no need for it. You know, you really want to be aiming for something lower than 50K images on an email. 
use things like system fonts or standard fonts where you can, so you don't have to embed special font kits with every email as well. And definitely don't send attachments to those emails. So for example, if you're going to send an instruction manual um, with your welcome email, or you're going to send a brand guide or a gift guide or something along those lines in your welcome email, make sure you do that as a link, a clickable link in the email rather than attachment for two reasons. The first one is obviously, once again, we want to encourage people to be clicking and interacting with the email to send the right signals to the email providers. We also want to educate and create a bit of a habit in the customer themselves to click things in our emails. But probably most of all, because the majority of customers that get this email probably don't want that attachment. And we don't want to be sending all of that data over the line for those people that don't want it. We only want to do that for those people that are interested and want to consume that content. Now, moving on to the fourth email campaign, we're now talking about the engagement sequence. And this will happen over the lifetime of your relationship with the customer. You'll send many engagement emails. The important thing about the engagement sequence is that they are another habit-forming opportunity. And in this case, it's the habit of interacting with you on email. It's the habit of opening your emails and clicking on items that are in here. So it's critically important that every single engagement email you send has some kind of call to action in there to go through and click on that and, and, and do something. But I want you to be really clear because engagement emails should never sell stuff. Do not put sales messages, promotions, offers in the engagement emails. This is pure value only. We don't want to educate the customer that every time you send them an email, it's a buy my stuff sort of email. We want to deliver value to them and enrich their lives with these engagements. So what could that include? It could be things like, okay, um, we, you've just posted up an interesting blog. Here's an email that positions the blog and gives them a link to go and read more. Maybe it's an interview with an interesting person in, in the niche. Maybe it's a video testimonial from someone whose life has been changed by adopting your product. Whatever it might be, make sure that there's a very clear reason to click it and they can get more information by clicking that link because the, the whole purpose of the engagement thing is to educate, to deliver value, and ultimately to get that habit of engaging with your emails. It's also an opportunity to go cross-channel. Coming back to what I said earlier about email kind of sucking with regards to open rates and click-through rates, it may not be the best channel for someone to interact with your brand on. So this might be an opportunity to say, oh, hey, have you seen our Instagram feed? We've had some wonderful content on there recently and simply give them a link to go to Instagram. Or maybe it's a messenger-based promotion, or maybe it's a membership and all they need to do to sign up to the membership and get discounts in the future is reply yes on SMS. So there are any number of ways that you can, you can use these engagement pieces to actually get more of a cross-channel footprint with your customer so that when you're ready to market your next promotion in the future, they have, you have multiple touch points with them. So I've covered for you the first four critical email campaigns that you'll need to work on to build your e-commerce brand including the cart abandonment sequences, transactional sequence, welcome message, and engagement sequences. And I promise you that if you do invest time and follow some of the tips I've given you today, you will see improvement in your e email campaigns, which will lead to greater profitability and greater revenue in your business. 
We'll cover off the next six email campaigns in the next episode, as well as a bit more of a deeper dive into some of the things that you can do to manage your carbon footprint. If you'd like some more help structuring any of the email campaigns we've talked about today, or perhaps a fresh pair of eyes on what you've already got implemented, feel free to click the button below and I'll be happy to help you out.